to each of us falls a task, and all the emperor requires of us guardsmen is that we stand in line and we die fighting. It is what we do best. We die standing. Um, hello, and welcome to the uh, fucking dumbass podcast. It's me, Robbie, with my co-hosts, <laughs> Boobin and... <laughs> Mer meme. Wait, 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 it's a meme. Uh, Hi there. Hi there. My no. name's Boobin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My name's no. Boobin. I, I like to talk about boobs. Yeah. Yeah, too bad we're on YouTube and not BoobTube. Anyways, um, today in order, we are reviewing an album I hate. City of Evil by I Like That One of Inch Sevenfold, and finally Wisconsin Death Trip by Static X. Ooh. And for those of you who recognize that quote at the start as 40k, haha, <laughs> that's because my best friend likes 40k too much. Also, haha, <laughs> that's because our first album is called A Doomsday Prophet by Orko the Psychotic Alien. Oh, God. It was psychotic to listen to this album. My <laughs> ears bleed, and that's yeah. it. Bro, we need the men in black to erase our memories. I need the Imperium to destroy all aliens, except sexy towel bitches. <laughs> get the, oh, and those get the and Dark form. Eldar. But they should be slaughtered, the Dark Eldar. Anyways, um... Just the elegant aroma of that ground beef picking up added flavor from the fire is enough to give everybody the firm idea that it's time to eat. Gorko the Psychotic Alien was born David Wali Rahman Ibn Hassan Bullard. He was born San Diego, California, though according to Rate Your Music, he's currently based out of St. Paul, Minnesota. And he was big in the... Okay, I'm just going to read his band camp about me. Orko Elohim, an MC uh, avant-garde art rap legend and producer, hails from the Southern California underground. He mixes the virtuosity of John Coltrane with the psychedelic approach of Jimi Hendrix, wrapped up in the Afrofuturism of Sun Ra. With more than 20 projects working with innumerable artists such as Big Just, Divine Styler, Asayalone, I'm so sorry, I can't say names, Saul Williams, Rick Rubin, Gunjasufi, and I Self Divine. He also has a website called Orco.Space, and it's pretty it is, um, Afrofuturism. Kind of cool yeah. if I didn't hate this mixtape. I can read you uh, uh, something from from the website. Just, just a little, it, it, it's kind of like, what would you say, like anti- political or like war like it's anti-war which i don't mind but also i don't really want to hear orco anymore after this album (laughs) i mean the message is kind of cool i but like this is this is kind of like a little tidbit like he has a little thing called uh nephilim modulation systems war teacher i i don't know who i don't know what that is but that is a thing uh and this is how he explains it america has become a toothless tiger in a tragic comedy where we the people inherit the not so funny outcome of its warmongering failures the farcical notion of freedom and democracy versus tyrannical dictatorship have been flipped upside down to who's actually whom now that would be really cool if his album just didn't suck (laughs) Yeah, yeah um also he's also known as outside of his birth name 777 Beats, 8-Bit plus a Bass Quiet, Avi Ben Judah the 29th, Chakra Zulu, Drum Wars, Hassan, Orko, Orko the Psychotic Alien, The Day Before Armageddon. About this album, it looks like it's his debut album in released 1996. 
I don't have a date. And the album art looks cool. I went into this with actually pretty high expectations because I normally have a high expectations with the underground 90s and 2000s rap, especially when it is more abstract, more experimental. What I have found, however, is that apparently I'm a dirty fucking normie because I really didn't like it that much personally. Um, there's a lot of low... It sounds very lo-fi. It sounds dark. If you really like that artsy experimental edge you'll probably enjoy it if you want to understand it and you don't really go for a very artsy or abstract you probably won't enjoy it i can make all the jokes i want about how shit it is i i kind of feel bad admittedly shitting on an underground artist because you know that is kind of a dickish thing to do but at the same time personally i'm also going to be rating this album extremely lowly because i do not want to hear it again um what did you goobers think? Um, honestly, I wasn't sure what I was expecting. I guess I kind of thought it was going to be like a horrorcore thing, because you know, like psychotic alien. I thought it was going to be like about that or something. But I, I, I don't, I don't know what the fucking, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, I, I kind of didn't, because I do kind of like the the vibey, like uh, lo-fi kind of like elements to it. But yeah, I don't think I'm really gonna come back to this. The left-handed anthem's kind of funny, though. Like, I'm smacking your ass from left to right. But it's kind of just... I, it, it's really... um, It's an acquired taste. Uh, I think that's how I'll put it. But, yeah, I wasn't the biggest in this. Yeah, um, no insult to anybody that actually likes this. But um, I I think it was... I think it was shit. Not just because, you know, the production was horrible. That's not what I think was shit. What I think was shit is he it, he just didn't stand out for me like there's nothing memorable for me to even like think about when i think about that album all i think about is it just sounds like shit because i i i, I couldn't understand him half the time throughout the uh, throughout the beats sometimes uh it, you know the i i get it you know you're an underground rapper and maybe you just didn't have like the tools but like nowadays like it, it I, I don't think shit should sound like that, I guess. When did this album come out again? 1996. And honestly, 1996. I think it's really cool that he released it in 96. He, I think he's a smart guy. Because, I mean, like, this left-handed anthem, you can take it literally because historically people with the, who are left-hand dominant, you know, were murdered because people thought they were witches. But we can also take it from an occult angle, which I think it does influence this mixtape. That said, I, I know he probably put his passion and his heart into this, but for me personally, that's really not enough. Um, I would compare this to Alien Kids. I oh, can't believe I'm doing that. That sounds horribly rude. We're going to do it anyways. Um, <laughs> where there's a heart in here, there's passion in here, but it's not enough. And I can kind of see why this failed outside of the underground you know because i don't think it's all just oh the mainstream's just a bunch of drugs and shooting and partying no that's stupid this is in no way gonna ever be mainstream and you know that's probably okay with orko because he's still doing what he's doing which is cool just personally i have no interest whatsoever um yeah yeah again you <laughs> yeah and again it's really cool he was able to release this in the 90s when you know you had a lot less music than you do now i'm not comparing it to modern day hip-hop at all i'm comparing it to its contemporaries like if i we look over at detroit in 1996 so same year 
you have Eminem releasing Infinite, which also does not really sound well-produced half the time, but it still sounds better. That said, I wouldn't be surprised if the shoddy production, or the experimental production, not shoddy, is part of the allure here. Because, again, I do think there are, there's a market for that. It's just not going to be mainstream. Yeah, it's like kind of like, um, no, maybe this is a bad example, but I'm going to do it anyway because I don't have another example. It's like people who like vinyl. They like the sound of vinyl, where it's kind of like an older sound. They kind of hear that uh, this kind of like white noise in the background, where when the record's playing, you kind of hear it. It, it, I don't know how to explain it, really, honestly. Uh, But it it seems like somebody who's into that nostalgic trip of maybe like old mixtapes or like how they sounded, maybe from like a historical standpoint or from like an audio file standpoint maybe someone would really dig it i could see that yeah um if i may start ratings again yeah. i like the album cover it was actually pretty cool but um this is a one out of ten from me um by you goobers uh i i'll give it mm, i'll give it like a two i'll give it a two you gave duck dynasty higher than this <laughs> you have god okay what about you mr ruben i'm giving it a one Awesome. Wow. Okay. Um, let me add these super big numbers up because brain cannot compute math. That's a joke. That's a 1.3 out of 10 mystery meat sticks. Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. God. Um, was not oh, great. God. I, it's, I, think Alvin, I think Alvin the chipmunk is, is higher. No, those it's got really zeros. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it? Got oh, zeros. yeah. We wouldn't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Orko's got a phone home. Cause yeah. we got to make sure that, that, the Alvin and the Chipmunks never ever becomes higher than any anybody <laughs> I, else. I'd be impressed to, if, if that was possible. Yeah, this and is... the Furby fans also got a zero. Um, oh if you ever make me listen to Alvin or the Furby fans again, I will castrate you live on Twitch. <laughs> Anyways, hey, um, now that I'm done being dead inside and feeling like we need to eradicate, you know, the Eldar. How about you tell us about the city of evil, Kareem? Oh, son of a bitty bit, son of a bitty bit, son of a bitty bit, a gun. <laughs> you thought I was going to say a son of a bitch, didn't you? <laughs> Uh, all right so avenge sevenfold is an american heavy metal band that was formed in 1999 i had a bunch of members over the years but uh the founding members are matt sanders aka m shadows james sullivan aka the rev zachary baker and matt went the members cite a lot of influences for the music uh I hear some like obvious ones like Metallica, Iron Maiden, Megadeth, and um, funny enough, uh, one of the cited influences they have is Elton John. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. They still make music. Uh, they actually have like an album that's going to come out in 2023, uh, June actually. So that well, I'm kind of curious how that's going to go. I haven't heard their uh, current stuff. City of Evil is their third studio album, which was released in 2005 and is considered to be to have uh, their most well-known songs and uh, their most popular song. It debuted at number 30 on the Billboard 200, and as of 2020, it's still their best-selling album. The album was partially influenced by uh, European power metal bands like Blind Guardian and Sonata Artica, and... Um, it was kind of different in terms of like their, their approach because their previous albums were more metalcore 
uh, which means, let me fucking... Metalcore, which was more of a combination between extreme metal and hardcore punk. And he decided to kind of um, shift away from that and just kind of stick to a more... Let me see. Why do I waste all my time fucking doing notes and I still gotta look up shit? You're a fucking goober. You could literally just go to Rate Your Music and you have a biography right here. Yeah, I know. Because, you know, Matthew Sanders, oh my god, they all have edgy names, yeah. except for Matt Wentz. So Matthew Sanders is M. Shadows, and apparently he's the nicest guy you could ever meet. His name sounds like a fucking cut Street Fighter character. Yeah, okay, M. Bison, but edgy. <laughs> um, Zachary Baker is Zachy Vengeance. Yep. Okay, that sounds like a... You know, a 2000s version of just calling yourself Daddy Vengeance. Um, Jimmy Sullivan is The Rev. Fully Reverend Tholomew Plague. Okay, Bloodborne. Um, and finally, you have Matt Wint, who who doesn't have a fancy fucking name. You know, I, I, if I were him, I would have been <laughs> Matt Wintz. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, instead of uh, Metalcore, they stuck to a more uh, melodic. They'd want to just do something that was more, like, melodic, but still, like, heavy. Yeah, it kind of has those tones of, like, uh, symphonic or, like, uh, operatic kind of um, genres going for it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it, yeah, it's like, it's like those grand, almost like anthems that you would hear in an orchestra, but it's more rock-focused or metal-focused. Right. Just the kind of music I expect in God of War, but then it's not in God of War, or I expect it in Twisted Metal, but it's not in Twisted Metal. Yeah, it does have those vibes. Yeah, I, I, I agree that I would see it in Twisted Metal, because if you ever heard fucking um, A Little Piece of Heaven, that definitely sounds like a song that needs to be in a Twisted Metal game. Yeah. Also... Their name is a biblical reference, even though they're not a b Christian band. It's a reference to the story of Cain and Abel, with the specific quote being, If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. Genesis yeah. 4.24. No, I have no idea what the fuck any of that means. Don't ask but it me. It sounds pretty cool. <laughs> so it's all uh, basically, basically, God put uh, the, the mark of Cain on, yep. on Cain. Basically, I remember yeah. that, but what's Lamech? Lamech? Yeah. I didn't, I have no clue. I thought it was always, if if one should strike Cain, I will strike them, avenge sevenfold. I should avenge them sevenfold, or something like that. Oh, also Googling, apparently Lamech is a descendant of Cain, but also that version Ruben just said also sounds more familiar to me. Rate Your Music says that this thing I just read is from the King James Version. I don't know if that's true. I also am not going to start my spiel about Bible translations. Oh god, I fucking hate the King James. I hate it. Oh, this is church now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a Bible study podcast now. Yeah. Wait, what? No. Alright, so we're gonna get to Genesis uh, chapter 5. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> you don't even know what Genesis is. <laughs> All right. Um, also, here's a little tidbit. Uh, I think especially Ruben will like before working on this album, M Shadows worked with vocal coach Ron Anderson uh, to give his voice a more gritty, raspy tone. And Ron Anderson was a vocal coach that did work uh, with Chris Cornell uh, in the past. So, uh, yeah, Fuck he wasn't yeah. fucking around. <laughs> uh, but let's just get into the album. What do we think? 
Well, no, I mean, in Shadows, his name reminds me of this guy who makes really shitty video games, but I know for a fact this guy did not make Jesus Christ Bible Simulator or whatever that one game Joel played. Oh, God. That game. So, um, I'm gonna... Oh, God. They had a guy named Sinister Gates and Just Insane. <laughs> yeah. You go, Ruben. You you talk. I'm going insane right now. Uh, You know, I do have a, one little tidbit of information. I know that the Rev, he died. Uh, He... Uh, I think he was like in his 40s or something when he died. It was pretty big kind of news for a lot of like Event Sevenfold fans. I want to say he he passed away in roughly 2010, 2011. He um, died at the age of 28. And says 2009. Yeah. yeah, there you go. 2009. Yeah, yeah he was, uh, yeah. I guess he died pretty young. I thought he was a little older than that. Uh, but I remember, I remember hearing about his death, and I know that it was kind of like a big hit to the band uh, losing their drummer because he's also the one that did like a lot of backup vocals. So like that song I mentioned, uh, "A Little Piece of Heaven," he uh, he does the backup vocals, and I, I think you could just blink this out. But uh, he's the one that sings the "Must Have Stabbed Her Fifty Fucking Times." <laughs> That's him. Oh, that's him that who part. does it. Yeah, that's him who does the uh, does that part. Uh, so I, I think he was pretty integral uh, with them. But as far as like just the album goes, I I would say that it it was it was good. I I really dug it. But I ain't like oh my god, it was the greatest thing I ever heard. Um, I'm not always the biggest fan of M Shadow and his voice and how he sings stuff. Uh, sometimes I think it gets a little too nasally for my taste. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's the way he 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 sings it. it it's just it's it's it it just feels off sometimes for me. But other than that, uh, it's it's good. Uh, I would probably listen to it again. But like it, again, there's not anything that really stuck out to me. There's no songs that really stuck out to me. It was just kind of like a mesh of symphonic fucking metal. That's just all I could really think about it. Uh, now there's songs that are in the band that I do like, but they're not on this album. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah. I, this album was just more Avenged Sevenfold, which is cool, I guess, you know. That's what I expected, but um, I don't really have anything unique to say other than start talking about song, other songs I like, which, you know, I won't do. Um, I would probably listen to this album if I was on an Avenged Sevenfold kick, but um, alas, they're not emo enough for me. So, you know, um, instead I'll be go depressed with uh, Bad Flower or something. But no, it, it was a good album, I think. Um, the album art is kind of cool. It reminds me of those old fucking PlayStation games. God, it does kind of. You know, that one with the where you play as the scout. No, what? Maximo. That's what it is. There we go. Do you guys remember that game? Please tell me uh, this game existed. Uh, I, Please tell I, me I, I don't. I, right I, I don't. Well, thank God I got the right game. Maximo vs. Army of Zen. I huh. sucked at it. So anyways, um, good album. I don't really have anything to add at this. Do we want to do ratings? Oh, uh, well, I just wanted to say real quick that, like, yeah. Wait, wait, when am I... And I'm just going to say the same fucking thing. But yeah, like, I, I like some of these tracks, but it was okay. Yeah, we can just go to ratings. What am I fucking doing? A 7 out of 10. 7 out of 10. Uh, uh I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it probably, like, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10, probably. Yeah, I'm going to give myself. it a 6. Oh, 
Wow, damn. I like it, but I gotta be in an event sevenfold mood, to be honest. I accidentally gave those ratings to Wisconsin Death Trip, so let me just take those sixes out, and so I don't um ruin Ruben's chances at a ten. He won't get it. So, um, 6.3 out of 10 mystery meat sticks. Wow. Acceptable. Wow. Dumbass, tell us about <laughs> Static X and their Seas Land Death Trip. Yeah. Sure, I can. Real oopda. <laughs> so, wow, wow. Chicken, Peter, you just a little chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. How are you calling a chicken? So, anyways, you're gonna be you can't be surprised to find out that uh, it's not about Wisconsin. Uh, Static X is an American heavy metal band from Los Angeles, California, formed in 1994. I was two years old in 1994. Boomer. Uh, <laughs> the lineup has fluctuated over the years, but was long held constant with Bound form a founder, frontman, vocalist, and rhythm guitarist Wayne Static until his death in 2014. And Wayne Static, if you've ever seen him, uh, just to give a description for our fans, if you ever seen Wayne Static, he is a you know looks like a big motherfucker, and he has hair that just goes stands all the way up it's spiked all the way up and it's huge it looks like if you ever seen the slim jim commercial oh my god it looks like <laughs> oh my god it looks like that hair i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna lie like this dude hair. is like the 90s uh, as a human being dude this dude is like the personification of 90s in my <laughs> view of like 90s like metal music he's like yeah, pretty much He's the very definition of it, and but he's he's like really classified what people know known for his for his voice and his his vocals and that that real gritty screaming and just it, it, there's nothing else that you could really compare it to. Like I, I I haven't heard yeah I've heard people scream and you know yell and do some crazy shit with their vocals, but this guy way different. Um, you know he could do this shit live, which is pretty impressive in my mind. And it, not just live, but he could make it sound like just as good as the fucking uh, audio version or the studio version. So anyways, uh, enough me fanboying over Wayne Static. So Static X was founded in 1994 after the disbandment of Wayne Static's prior band, Deep Blue Dream. Static played and the band in the late 1980s with future Smashing Pumpkins frontman Billy Corgan. If you know uh, Smashing Pumpkins, they did that song, uh, Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. That's 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 Smashing Pumpkins for anybody that doesn't know. However, when the Smashing Pumpkins began to gain popularity, Corgan made the choice to commit all his attention to the Smashing Pumpkins. And Deep Blue Dream eventually disbanded. Stacking... Ken Jay later moved to Los Angeles to start a new band with guitarist Emerson Swinford, whom they had met through their mutual friend, uh, Chicago singer-songwriter PJ Olson. They formed a band called Drill, which included Tony Campos on bass and started performing in the LA music scene. After Swinford uh, left the, to pursue touring and session work, they recruited guitarist Kochi Fukuda, Fukuda and renamed the band Static. However, during the recording of the debut album, they realized there were multiple bands named Static and subsequently renamed the band Static X. It's like when you're playing any online game and you went, you go to make a name and uh, you realize it's taken and instead of just making a whole new name, you just add one extra letter <laughs> to the end. 
you know, so like if I went and typed in Ruben, you know, R-U-B-E-N, and it says, Ruben. oh, this thing's Ruben X. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> this, 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 yeah, yeah, Ruben X. This, this, uh, this name's taken. I'm just going to add one X and bam, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so Static X signed with uh, Warner Brothers uh, Records in early 1998 and released their debut album, Wisconsin Death Trip, on March 23, uh, 23rd, 1999. Soon after, they released their first single, Push It, followed by I'm With Stupid and Bled For Days in 2000. Static X turned strictly in support of the album and twice performed on Ozfest, supporting Fear Factory. In the following year, a promotional EP, The Death Trip Continues, was also released. The band turned heavily in support of the album with Static recounting it was really just a whirlwind and i barely remember it we worked so hard and heard so hard that i don't even remember most of it we played 300 shows in the first year and we just never went home we would tour in one tour for six or eight weeks and that tour would end somewhere on the east coast and we'd drive a couple days and hook up with slayer and tour with them for four or five weeks that tour ends and then we drive a few days to boston and hook up with seven dust uh we just kept going and kept going and never went home i mean i didn't even have a home i lived at the rehearsal space for the last year before we started touring i had to quit my job to make a, uh, the record so i didn't have anywhere to even go home to i look back at it now and i kind of wish i had taken the time to sit back and appreciate it more maybe got to know some of the other bands a little bit more uh, and spend time and having a good time and partying and maybe taking some pictures of the other guys. So they they kind of just kind of blew up when in, in the metal scene when they came out. Uh, you know, it just went and fucking they just uh, exploded. And yeah, as they say here, they, they barely had time. And I think that a lot of bands uh, back in the day, they kind of just... I mean, even till this day, I think there's that suffering of having to tour and just going and keep on going because you're going from like day to day, almost playing show to show. And sometimes it's, I don't even think you even have a day off. It's not like a regular job. Right. You know what I mean? You, you have, you have set days you need to be places and it, you, you just have to be there and it's a constant ever going. You're on the road, just never stopping, never stop, never stopping. You know what I mean? Um, but anyways, that was just a little bit of like kind of like the band. Uh, the background to really this uh, album, it, it was produced by Ulrich Wild in a matter of eight weeks. And it had a budget of like $5,000. Uh, so that's, I think that's quite a bit back in 1990. In the 1998, it's probably quite a bit. So there's not really much to it. I mean, it's got a lot of the genre aspects of like industrial metal and new metal and i remember hearing like some people like called them like a uh, metal disco because sometimes it is kind of like that you kind of like have that little kind of not funk but it, it's that beat of like you would kind of associate with some types of disco it's kind of funny but what do we think about the album uh, i really liked it it like it just kind of gives me like a nostalgic vibe for a lot of those like old racing games or like on the ps2 and shit like it like it just feels like perfect for like the soundtrack for one of those and i liked fixed i like ostigolation i like to push it i i didn't really have too much of an issue i, I guess it's kind of samey at times but like i i, I enjoyed vibing to it 
I think it's a very fun kind of sounding album to me. Robbie? <gasps> oh, <laughs> me? Um, this is Link- Midwest Lincoln Park, except both bands are from the Midwest. Um, unlike last time where I brutally ripped Ruben's album apart for my own selfish pleasures. Um, I mean that as a compliment. I actually enjoyed this album. I don't know how much I would come back to it personally. But, you know, it's good. It may be a bit yelly for me at times, and I do sort of prefer Linkin Park. But also, I grew up with one and not the other. I like this album. I respect what they were trying to do with it, even though I don't really like the album art. But, you know, it's pretty good for an album like this. Like, this is exactly what you're getting from the album. That's very yeah. good. Yeah, it fits yeah, the you look, at, you look at that. Yeah, you look at that and you're like, yeah, I'm in for... I'm I'm in for something. <laughs> I mean, he's, you just know he's literally just, screaming. You're like, like if you if you put it on and then you start in piano, then I would be like, this is horrible. <laughs> this is this is the worst kind of advertisement for piano music. But no, when you look at that, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna get screaming at uh at me in my face twenty four fucking seven. That's what the fuck's gonna happen. He's gonna push it and he's gonna push it. <laughs> just, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. Who? Yeah, who'd you interrupt? (laughs) Our fourth member, Greg? Greg's dead. He's in the basement still, Ruben. God! Anyway. He's locked him in my basement. Um, (laughs) Shut up. Don't compare him to Dre. (laughs) Shut up, Greg. (laughs) I'm going to start the ratings, if that's okay. Yeah. No, go ahead. Seven. Again. All right. Yeah, I'll give it a seven. I'm going to give it a nine because I really like Static X. I I really enjoy Wayne Static's vocals. I really enjoy... uh, Tony Campos and his bass, because the bass is really fucking on point in a lot of these fucking songs. So I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. You know, Ruben, I want you to cry into your pillow tonight, but this will probably mean you won't. It's a 7.7 out of 10 Mystery Meat Sticks. Uh Yeah. (laughs) It's a 0 out of 10 Mystery Meat Sticks now. No! (laughs) Yes! (laughs) I like eggs. Now, uh, let's move on to what we're going to be reviewing for you guys next week. Uh, Kareem, uh, sure. Like uh, mine is Electra Heart by Marina. I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Nice. Mine is Corn. Uh, issues. <laughs> we all have issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one has a song like similar to a Bad Flowers song that made you really uncomfortable. Can't wait <laughs> for you to listen to it. This one's nine oh, minutes. Oh, God. I don't remember who that one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Dang. My album is Blacklight by Apollo Brown and Stolly. I promise it's not a bad rap album, please. It's not Orko. <laughs> it's not Go. Oh. 